0: The following message is from Grace on the Ashley Baptist Church, located in Charleston, South Carolina. For more information about Grace on the Ashley, visit graceontheashley.org.
1: The mission of Grace on the Ashley is, is very succinct. We, as a church, exist to make, multiply or me, to make mature and multiply disciples for Jesus. That's why we exist. We want to see people come to faith in Christ. We want to help people mature in their faith. And we want to multiply the church by sending people into the mission field to take the gospel around the world. One of the values that we articulate underneath that is we believe in growing to go. Simply stated, we believe that when Christians mature when they grow in their faith, that that growth should compel them outward to take the gospel to people who've never heard it before. And as a church, we want to encourage and strengthen you in that regard. Uh, We want to make disciples, we want to mature disciples, and we want to multiply the force of people who are taking the gospel uh, all around the world globally. One of our elders very recently has had the opportunity to to live out that portion of our mission statement, uh, John Butts was able to go just a couple of months ago uh, to Ethiopia to share the gospel uh, with folks who've never heard it before. Uh, just uh, a couple of years ago, we had a, a team of others, including uh, Sam Hazel and Roger Parker and some others who were able to go on the, our first opportunity to go to Ethiopia. John was able to follow up here recently with his second trip. And so we've invited John this morning really to share with you some of of what he experienced on that trip uh, with the goal of reminding you of this portion of our mission, that as we launch into a new year, we want you to be thinking about how do we take the gospel outside of these walls around the world to people who need to hear it. So if you would, would you give John a warm welcome this morning as he comes to share?
0: Wow. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, everyone. It's been a, a joy this morning to be with you and worship with you. Um, and it's going to be my joy here to share uh, the trip that I took, a little bit about the trip. Uh, I've done a lot of preparing, but as we're worshiping this morning, I, I just was struck by how we're, we're all on mission, even right now, today. I'm going to share some, some about Back in no, early, early November of, of this year. But every everybody's on mission today. And you all are going through things. And God is doing things in your life. And he's building his church. He's making the way that he promised in Christ. And it, it just struck me that how good a friend's, Sam, Sam's prayer, Greg's introduction. And I know a lot of you very personally. And I'm so thankful to be your friend and to have friends like you to be on this journey together so thank you thank you yeah i've spent a lot of time prepping for this um it's going to be a little informal but stick with me please um and uh so there's two things there's two additional things i'd like to thank you for Uh, as members of grace on the ashley you've been very generous in your giving that allows us to send people to send me on that trip so thank you for your generosity it's a big deal it makes these things possible also i want to take the opportunity to thank several of you personally i shared that i was going on this trip it was a little bit last minute but i shared with you asked for your prayers and i know you were praying for me and uh, um, thank you for that and i hope that through our time together this morning you're going to be able to recognize the impact of your prayers okay okay on that note please pray with me lord jesus thank you for this day lord has it's already been prayed It's said the first day of the first week of the first month of, of a new year father it's uh, in many respects it's way, a way to start over lord to to examine ourselves to to look afresh through your word lord at our own lives father that we would examine ourselves to see if we're even of the faith how closely are we walking with you lord so through your word now, Lord, and through the experiences, our experiences, the experiences I share, the experiences we go through every day, Lord, we want to hear your voice, we want to hear your word, we want to live your word, Lord. We want to be faithful, found faithful in it, Lord. So show us the way in Christ, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. So here's a bit of an outline for what I would like to share this morning. First, I'd like to introduce to you the team our team i was one of uh, 13 folks who were who were on the, the trip in ethiopia on this particular trip um and i'm going to share a little bit about each of them and and some of them have long histories in ethiopia okay um then i would like to share with you some of what we shared as guests in the homes that we that we visited and then i'd like to share some of the personal uh, 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 responses people's responses and then to finish up I'd like to uh, um, share some personal reflections on how God's word leads me through and sustains me wherever I, I go in the world and when I speak his word um, so first let me introduce to you the team so the first slide is going to be get a little help from the sound booth here the first slide I'm going to talk about myself first. I'm the team member first. So uh, that's me at the front door of my home. Uh, I'm prepared to head out into a world that is clearly in need. And now you may ask, John, uh, why Ethiopia? Why are you going to go to Ethiopia? Well, that's a good question. And we, we, we couldn't make it around the corner if we took a walk. And we'd run into somebody who needs to hear the Gospel. So why Ethiopia? So this is true and we should be ready to give a reason for the hope that's within us wherever we are. And there are several reasons that answer that question why Ethiopia but in the interest of time I just want to share with you the reason that was sufficient in and of itself for me to go. Okay. This is my second trip. This would be my second trip to Ethiopia. And in March of 2020, six others from Grace Only Ashley and myself were sent to Ethiopia on a mission trip. And on that trip, God spoke to me. I don't know any other way to say it. He gave me understanding from his word. Things happened, and he, and he speaks to you. It's, you're not in your comfort zone, okay, when you go on some of these trips. They're just, it's not that day-to-day thing. It's Everything's kind of different. And and you, you you tend to pray more. I did, prayed more. I spent time uh, um, reflecting on the day's events, and and uh, it was just it was very personal. It gets very personal, okay. Um, and uh, he 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 spoke to me about the work that he was doing in Ethiopia, and my part in it, my part in it, and so. Because of this experience on my first trip, I was fully prepared that God would speak personally to me again on this trip. And I, that was all I needed. That's all the motivation I needed, really. But there were other things. We could, we could talk about those later. But I just wanted to let you know that these things are, are, are a little bit different than our normal day-to-day life. Um, so the introduction, OK, that's, that's me. So let's go to the next slide so this is this is a very uh in many ways it's a very physical trip too it's not only spiritually challenging it's very physically challenging it was a 19-hour plane ride here this is the plane uh flying over addis ababa about to land and it's a 787 from boeing very very you know 19 hour ride on any plane is going to be stressful but this was it was nice so anyway I just wanted you to know that. These things, uh, there's a real physical element to this, too. And you'll see some of that. The next slide, please. So this is, we come into the airport. This is a a, uh, new part of the airport. Um, And this is the international wing that they've just added on. So uh, the city of, of, this is the city of Addis Ababa. And really, there's some things about Addis we could talk about, but I didn't get, I didn't put any pictures in. So next slide, please. So we, would, we took a two-and-a-half-hour trip south to the city of Zawai, and it's on Lake Zawai. So the, this, the, the hotel itself is a big part of the trip because you were eating there, sleeping there. And uh, um, so it, it's, it's, very, it's got a Western flavor to it. The food is, is very good. So that's the Hotel Bethlehem and Zawai, right on the lake. The lake's about a quarter of a mile that way on that picture, that way. Okay, next slide. So now I want to introduce the the team. First, the Ethiopian team. This is George Ultocucho. I'm sorry, Samuel Ultocucho. I keep saying my father-in-law is putting this. My father-in-law. This is Samuel Ultocucho. Samuel has been in the uh, in the field. He's been a, uh, in the field working in Ethiopia for thirty some odd years, maybe up to thirty six years. Uh, Sam and, and Roger could probably give you a better a better time, but S- Samuel is very low key, and he he is the leader. He's the one who's been who who, who oversees the mission work uh, in in Ethiopia for this particular group. So the next slide that's his wife Nehemiah, which is Nehemiah the feminized Nehemiah. Nehemia. This is Badani. He's the pastor of the church in Zawai. and this is where all of our disciple makers and translators are 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 working with badani he oversees them and he trains them and uh to uh, to go into the the villages and 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 do the mission and we're teaming up with the people in his church okay uh, badani is quite a character he's very friendly and and he's got a great smile everybody loves him so samuel's a little low-key badani uh, is is upbeat next slide please okay this is just a fellow that named uh uh abia and i met him one day and and these he's a he's a uh, disciple maker he's one of the an example of one of the people that we worked with we go into the homes of of people with he's a great what he was such a nice guy he he just a great friend right right off the bat we, we we clicked so next slide please okay this is uh this is the only picture I had of, of the the, uh, the translator who went with me all four days that we went out. His name is Kado, and he's the son of Badani. And again, he, he's incredibly nice and, and thoughtful, and uh, it just was a joy working with him. And there's some of the other, uh, there, there, a couple of the other, uh, there's actually a young lady there who's, we had, uh, ladies who were disciple makers also and and uh, would help with that and and so then some of the children that would come around at the end of school day they'd all just kind of show up and flock around so the next slide please so then then there's uh, this is solomon and he was our we, we had a couple of vans he was one of the drivers uh and and he's been doing it for a long time and, and he's very personable we had a lot of talks about some things that were going on in in ethiopia um that were recent at that time but he can boy he can drive a a van i mean i can tell you some stories but we need to move on (laughs) And, and uh next slide please so now let's look at the american team team from america this is kristen and carol davison they came to grace on the ashley before the covid hit okay and and they where we we sponsored them to take uh several of us to ethiopia on the first ethiopia trip and there again they're at it in in uh in, in november here and they they actually take two or three trips a year and he's a retired firefight firefighter i don't know how they do it but they follow their children around the country their daughter still lives here in charleston they just moved i mean they, they moved to pensacola florida the day they flew, flew back to Charleston I mean to uh, California where they live now and moved to Pensacola they're an amazing couple I love them and, and they're such a, uh, an inspiration and, and such good friends and uh, they really uh, uh, helped, helped get me, me going on this and I know others too so next slide please so the fellow on the right is named uh, Rick Eisman. he he and uh, a lady named Diane Alt, and I don't have a picture of her, I'm sorry to say, uh, but she, those, those two and Chris and Carol each have more than 25 years working in the field. So I had the opportunity to talk with them and learn from them very specific things, and I'm gonna share some of those things with you. But they were the, they were the, uh, the wisest members of the group. They, we leaned on them a lot. And this fellow to the left here, his name is Steve, and he was a, a, a stockbroker in Chicago. And I think he was kind of wealthy. But then the Lord called him and he quit his stockbroker job. And he's out of the field. He was invited by Rick to come into the field and, and uh, learn what does God want to do with my life. And, and that, you know, Steve was going through the process of, of, with the help of others, finding out if the mission field was where he should be and uh, again real nice guy real nice guy just an unusual story next slide please this is this is ryan he's one of four members that came this is the, the, the um this, this is the largest group in our 13 member team uh and and i can't i don't know the name of the church but he's a he's the praise and worship he's the kelly of their church he's the praise and worship leader associate pastor and uh uh, very nice guy here he's preaching at a, uh, the sunday we showed up he was invited to preach at that at this church that's uh that fellow is one of the uh, uh disciple makers that uh, this a church that that has was planted from badani's church um uh, and, and so that's that's rick and uh he was he was not very encouraging to me at, at times but uh, next next slide please So along with Rick was this is the only picture I have of of uh, Maureen number two. We had two Maureen's. Maureen number two, Um, and she was a single mom who came on the trip with with uh, Rick. And and, next slide, she came with. uh, This is Hope. She's 19 years old and she's almost as tall as I am. But she was she would take she had a watercolor some kind of watercolor where all the watercolors were kept in the brushes and she would open it up and she'd take her book and she'd draw pictures to, to document the days to, to chronicle the day each day and she was learning how to draw and that was helping her learn how to draw she also there's a video i'm going to show you that she put together so you get a better visual look at that the daily life of what's going on in ethiopia okay so i she's she's a sweetheart uh, and you'll see her in the video. She's it's a video. She made the video, and she's in a lot of it. So next picture, and then uh, she and a family friend named uh, his his name is Kevin. Um, they they came together. He's he was 28. She's 19. Their friend, family had been friends, but they all came together. Is there is there another picture? Of, there he is, and he was he was a comedian. He was the uh, comic relief. He was a lot of fun. Okay, uh, and so they're, they're from all, all from the same. Those four are from the same church in, Cal, in California. So next slide. On the right there is a fellow named Nick, and he's uh, from a former Brit. He grew up, he's still got a British accent, but he's lived in California for 30 years, and he's still going on mission trips. And he and I would get together and do his devotion every morning. We'd have these personal devotions, and he'd let me join in on them. So next picture, please. Next slide. Well, there's, there's me and Maureen number one, okay? And she and I were paired up for the first two days on, on going into people's homes with two of the uh, a, a translator and a disciple maker. And, uh, and, and she's 80 years old, y'all. She's 80 years old, so that's very encouraging. She, she was, uh, it's just wonderful to get to know these folks and to share with share the the work with them and I believe there's one more picture this is the the final member of our group she's on the right her name her her nickname was she liked to be called Asia A-J-A Asia but I think her name was Shirley or something but she liked to be called Asia and that fellow on the left is Abishu he's a pastor who wants to get involved with what Badani's doing in Ethiopia and become uh, someone who's a, a coordinator. They call them coordinators that help with the disciple makers, and he was a you know he 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 loved to preach, loved loves to preach, and so that's the team. Now to help with with what, with uh, some visuals here, Hope made a video and sent it to me. So I'd like to share that with you now. It lasts about three and a half minutes, so please. <laughs>
2: I go to when no one knows me it's not lonely it's a necessary thing it's a place i made uh, find out what i made uh, the nights i've stayed uh, counting stars and fighting sleep let it wash over me i'm ready to lose my feet take me off to the place where one reviews life's mystery I'm steady on down the line da I dum dum know. dum I don't <imitation> know. Dad, I dum Let it wash over me I'm ready to lose my feet Take me off to the place where one reveals life's mystery Steady on down the line Lose every sense of time Take it all in and wake up that small part of me Day to day I'm blind to see And find how far to go Everybody got the reason Everybody got their wings just catching and releasing, what builds up throughout the day. it gets into your body, flows right through your blood. We can tell each other secrets and remember our love. Da da dum da dum dum da da dum dum da dum dum dum. da da dum da 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 dum da da dum dum da Da-da-dum-dum.
0: So the team gelled really quickly it was such a good trip just from that standpoint um and i, I want to uh, go back to the uh the four veterans of the mission field and tell you something about what they told me about the ethiopian people and what they've been going through uh, what what the work that's been going on there through the team over the years so um we spent most of our time we uh, uh, in Lake in the city of Zawai, which is in southern Ethiopia. And it's mostly compro- compro- composed of two ethnic groups, the Oromo people and the Amhara people, Amharic people. And uh, together those two make up probably 75% of the population. Um, now, Christians were... Uh, 25 years ago Christians were 1% of the population of the southern part of Ethiopia. Today, due to the Lord blessing the work of the Ethiopian church and, and the American uh, partners, southern Ethiopia is now 18% Christian. So this has been very fruitful. This area is fruitful. Okay? Also, 40 to 50% of the population is is Muslim and 30% approximately 30% are orthodox christians and a small percentage of the population still hold to pagan forms of religion so that's just a, a kind of a demographic look at the people some of the things that, have, that that change the work that happens in the church it's very it's very general and i want to make a note here that the, this information was not discussed we didn't discuss this on a regular basis like we wouldn't go into a home and say oh they're muslims no, we never did that the reason we went into people's homes was to share the gospel with them and see how they responded okay very important okay um so uh i'd like to share a little bit about the work of the team as guests in the homes that we entered um and, and then also talk about or share with you some of the responses we got some of the responses we got okay so we paired into groups of four, two Americans, two Ethiopians. Each home we were received in was a scheduled visit. They knew we were coming, and we were always welcomed into people's homes as honored guests. It didn't matter which home we went into, who, who, who was welcoming us in. We didn't know, if, you know what their demographics were. I didn't know if they were Amharic or Romo. Maybe the, maybe the next time I can get, get some of that figured out. It, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a puzzle, but we were there to share the gospel. Um, so we would, we would begin with introductions, through the interpreter, of course, and then we would share a public service message about human trafficking that every team was asked to share. So this was a problem in, in, in Ethiopia at that time. In the in, in early as late as November, they're having those problems over there, too. Okay, then we would say, we, We've come to America to share stories from the Bible with you. Okay, and one American would share a Bible story, the other would share the gospel using the Evangel Cube. I have one here, due to the interest of time. We're gonna, I'm gonna, we can look at that later, maybe at some other point, but um, that's the Evangel Cube. It helps you share the gospel, it's a visual. They can look at it and see what you're saying it's a visual help okay and and uh so one of one of the ethiopians translated and the other was a disciple maker and the disciple maker his job was to observe and take notes of the outcome of each meeting so they kept statistics on what was going on what was happening so when the meeting closed one american would be given a gift from the Ethiopians to, and then give it to the host, thanking them for their hospitality. This was done in every home. This same model here. That's that's the basic uh, structure uh, that we would go through in each home we entered. Uh, now, um, so to give you an idea of the, of the types of responses we would encounter, there there are two... I would like to highlight for you. There's two I want to share with you. And on day three, I was now paired up with Asia. Okay? And the first home we entered was a young couple who had a very young child. And Asia said to me before we went in, if our hosts are Muslims, she was going to use the Quran to share that even the language it used was pointing to Jesus as the Messiah. This was new to me. So I said okay, and uh, she she went on for a while. Then I sh- uh, I shared the uh, Evangio cube, and uh, the whole time the fellow who the, the, the husband, the young fellow whose husband is like this, he's got his he's got a shirt or a jacket on. He's covering his face and he's looking at us and he's looking at his wife. He's looking back and he's listening for about fifteen minutes to us. Finally, we asked for a response from him and he says to us when I asked my wife's father for her hand in marriage uh, he said it would be we would allow it but you're never allowed to convert to Christianity and if you do we will come and take your wife and she'll no longer be your wife so see these are some of the cultural issues that go on there you find these things out when you get into the homes but you just wonder you know, what, what, was, what was he really thinking? Well, we, did, we didn't, uh, we prayed for them and we, we left and went to the next, uh, um, next visit. So, the next house we visited was quite different, quite a bit different. This was a home of a middle aged man and his wife, and their daughter, and, and a neighbor had been asked to come so that she was the next visit, so we could get two visits with one. Uh, Kado made that happen so uh, this time Asia shared her personal testimony about her journey from spiritual blindness to faith in Christ the women were absolutely fixed the whole time on what she was saying then I shared one of the stories that we were asked to memorize for the trip so I'm going to share that story with you now Here's how I present the story when I was there, this particular story. This is a story from God's word, the Bible. Jesus and his friends and many others who were following him were on a road through Jericho on the way to Jerusalem. And a blind man was on the side of the road named Bartimaeus, who'd been there many years begging. And when he heard The commotion of the crowd passing by, he asked those that were near him, what's going on? And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And when Bartimaeus heard that, he immediately screamed out, he yelled out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And his friends told him to be quiet and stop talking. Jesus is not interested in you. But Bartimaeus cried out even louder, Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus heard Bartimaeus, and he stopped. And he commanded that Bartimaeus be brought to him. And when Bartimaeus was face to face with the Lord, Jesus asked him, what would you have me to do for you? And Bartimaeus said, Lord, I want to see. And Jesus said, receive your sight, your faith, has healed you." And immediately Bartimaeus' eyes were open, and he could see. And he followed Jesus. He went with, after Jesus, rejoicing and praising God. And all that saw it, praise God. This is the story from the Word of God. And then I would ask them this question. What did you hear from that story? What did you hear? Faith comes by hearing. I want to know what they heard. From the story that has to do with faith. Most of the time people would say, Well, that's a that's a wonderful story. And Jesus is very powerful. Like, he hears lots they hear lots of stories. It's like they heard lots of stories, and this is just another story where there's a very powerful thing happening. It was, you know, it's just kind of everyday stuff that there was nothing different about it. But this home that home that we were in was not like that. Not like that at all. Um, when I asked what did you hear from the story, the man of the house, who was a Muslim, responded, this is a story about spiritual blindness. Bartimaeus knew who Jesus was before his physical sight was restored. And so, we, okay, we hear it now. There it is. Something's going on here where this man is responding with understanding to the word of God. And so the whole team recognizes it, especially Cadeau. And I was getting ready to share the gospel cue, but Cadeau asked me, did he mind if, if, if he shared it with him? I said, of course. And he shared the gospel. This is all through translation now, but this, this man and his wife professed Christ as Lord and savior of their lives. Okay? And so did his wife. So did his wife and so we prayed for them a prayer of salvation and and then uh, the man the husband was ready to accompany us to the next house to give his testimony if we asked him to see this just doesn't happen all the time so this is good this, the, there's good responses too um, now I also want to say that the uh, the neighbor who was there was asked to respond also. And she was also a Muslim. And she gave a typical cultural response by saying, I need to talk with my husband before I can respond to this message. OK? We wondered how many, we heard this a lot from the women who, who were, their husbands were not there. And uh, we wondered how many were did believe, but they wouldn't say it until they talked to their husbands about it. Very cultural, it's a cultural thing. Okay. So there you go. There's some, some of what we did in the houses. That's kind of the work that we did and some of the responses we got. Um, now I'd like to share with you uh, from God's word, the scripture that's become very precious to me. And it keeps me and leads me on mission wherever I go. Okay. The first one is Psalm 46, verses 10 and 11. And Roger may recognize that, Roger Parker, our own Grace on the Ashley's own Roger Parker, because on the first mission trip, he did a devotion on this verse. And the first part of this verse is Be still and know that I am God. Now, I have a coffee cup at home. Do you guys have something like that? You have a coffee cup and no, you know this verse? Okay. But if you look at the rest of the verse, and I didn't know this, the rest of the verse says Next slide. It says, I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. This is a mission verse. God is, Isaiah, or I'm sorry, David, God is speaking through David about quieting yourself. When you're not at home, you're uncomfortable, things are going on you don't understand. Just calm yourself. God is going to make sure these things happen. Okay. And, I, and I think it's, it's significant that he says the God of Jacob is our fortress we can't go there, that's a preaching moment we won't go there right now but that's significant okay um, uh, so let's go to uh, the, the, well the thing, the thing to notice about this is that this is a mission statement this is God speaking, he, he's, he's thinking about the nations, he's got them on his heart where to go. This is for us when we go on missions, okay? For whoever goes on missions. So the next one I want to share with you is Isaiah 64, verse 1 through 4. Okay, now this one, there's a curious thing about this in, in uh, chapter 64 where Isaiah shares a personal insight. Isaiah shares a personal insight to what he has come to know about this God who he served for about 38 years. He's come to the end of his ministry and and most of us know Isaiah's ministry. And I just, it's a little unusual, it's it's curious to me why Isaiah, he shares a very personal, uh, a very personal observation about God. So let me read it to you. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down that the mountains would, might quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to, to your adversaries, and, and here it is, and that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things that we did not look for, you came down, the mountain quaked at your presence, and here's the, here's the personal observation that Isaiah made. From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. And in, in, in other, other translations it says, who serves those who wait for him. Who serves those who wait for him. I hope you know the Lord this way. He, he's, he's doing this in our lives every day. He, he, he's wanting us to wait on him so he can serve us a lot of times. And we need, we, we need to help each other with that. We need to grow in these things that, the, that God has for us. He acts. Now, now. where do you see this type of a relationship? This is a relationship who acts, who waits for those who serve him. This is, this is a marriage relationship. It's, it's exemplified in marriage. A husband and a wife in covenant relationship, serving each other. And God does it the same way with those who are about his work and who are his covenant people. He just does it, y'all. I just think that this is Isaiah's personal reflection on his relationship with God among the nations. Among the nations. Okay? Okay, I want to close with this. Something. Uh, remember, I mentioned about uh, what the reason I came to Ethiopia—the very personal understanding about God and the work that He, he does in my life and through my life. I just—it's just astounding. Okay, it was through uh, an experience of being pickpocketed. So we were back in, in Addis Ababa. The capital. And we're going to fly out that night, so we have some time, and so we we the, we have two vans pull up by the curb and let us off to go into a coffee shop so we can purchase some coffee to bring back. And so the vans can't stay on the road; they have to go around the corner and wait for us. So we all finish with our shopping, and we're walking. We're walking back to the vans. A group of us, and so. A young fellow, about 19 or 20 years old, very short, kind of weaved his way through the group and came over to me. And he was like this close. And he was with his left hand, food, food, food. And with his right hand, he was pulling my phone out of my pocket. Well, Asia and Hope saw him doing this and they started screaming, he's stealing your phone. He's stealing your phone. So Asia grabbed the phone from him, gave it back to me, and I turn around, and Samuel Altokucha, the leader of the mission trip, has this young man by the arm with an open palm, and on his head twice. Boom, boom, and this guy fled for his life. Ah, boy, wow, that. That all happened in five seconds. Five seconds. So we get back to the van. I'm, in, you know, all of a sudden I'm in tears. This is God's people. I was amazed at, at how God showed me with being with His people the, the preciousness of being with His people and the things God's people do when they're together. It's it's like no other thing you find in the world. It's never you don't see it anywhere else. I was. I was blown away. Okay, so I want to I say this, um, just finish with this. Um, maybe there are those of you listening this morning who've never considered going on one of these short-term mission trips. Or maybe uh, uh, you. There, there are some of you out there who have been to other parts of the world, but you haven't shared the gospel with anyone in quite some time. Or maybe you've never, you've been a Christian for a long time and you haven't shared the gospel, okay? I hope this is an encouragement for you, okay? It, it, I trust there's encouragement this morning. And for this year, remember the mercy of God. Order your life according to his word and don't live your life according to this world. And I am confident God will prove your faith. He will prove your faith, okay? And he'll reveal the glory of our king to the world that's in need, okay? Please pray with me. Father, thank you for that your word, as painful as uh, often, it's often painful to proclaim and to receive. It's an expression of your great love for, for all of mankind. And we marvel that in your wrath you remember mercy. And that in the gospel you have provided the answer to our rebellious hearts. And we thank you. That when we come face to face with your amazing kindness to us in Jesus, when we realize that in Jesus, we don't get what we deserve, but we get what we don't deserve. That is the amazing gift of forgiveness. A clean slate, a fresh start, a new life. Bring this to bear upon the hearts and minds of your people, we pray. In a life-changing way, as we encourage one another to go to the only place where refuge is to be found. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.